HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. Learn about the wonderfully tart Montmorency cherry at choosecherries.com. Welcome to a special episode of The Line. I'm your host, Eli Sussman, chef and owner of Samisa Restaurant in Williamsburg. Last week, as restaurants were pivoting and shutting down, I reached out and asked chefs and business owners from around the country to send in their stories of how they are dealing with the COVID-19 crisis. The restaurant industry has changed so dramatically over the last week that it is now a shadow of what it once was. Most businesses have closed outright. Some have pivoted. Chefs, owners, and staff wonder if they will make it through this pandemic and if they will ever open their doors again. And this crisis cripples the entire hospitality ecosystem. Farmers, butchers, foragers, linen companies, florists, cleaners, factories, truck drivers. While most people are sitting alone in their homes in self-isolation, the true living rooms of cities, the restaurants, bars, and cafes where we congregated freely without giving it a second of thought, sit dark and quiet. What you don't really think about until it's taken away is that our desire as humans to gather is so strong. When our need for a community and a place to share emotions right now exists only in the digital realm via FaceTime, Instagram, and Zoom, we realize that restaurants, cafes, and bars are the places that really hold our society together. When you're out with your coworkers for a happy hour, on a first date to meet the person you may end up spending the rest of your life with, or you celebrate birthdays, promotions, engagements, weddings, and anniversaries the place where all the personal and family milestones of your life happen. And it is a family of hospitality workers, the bartenders, bussers, bakers, cooks, porters, servers, psalms, hosts, and chefs that invite you each night into the home they've created so you can create those milestones and savor those memories. And that family has been decimated by this crisis. Millions of jobs have disappeared overnight and people that rely on a weekly paycheck, that rely on a daily family meal for sustenance, that rely on the generosity of tips, are without income, all soon to be without health care, and isolated from their second family and second home. In this special episode of The Line, chefs and restaurant owners from around the nation, in their own words, about the last week of their personal and professional lives and the excruciating decisions they've had to make, in the wake of the ever-changing corona crisis and the extreme havoc it has wreaked on the hospitality industry. 
These stories were recorded on phones and computers from within shuttered businesses and from people's homes where they are already isolating. It offers their direct insight into the current crisis. Hey, it's Steven Satterfield here at Miller Union in Atlanta, Georgia. Our restaurant has turned into a crisis center for our employees. We're here for them as we all go through such a terrible realization that the restaurant industry is going to be changed forever. We're basically converted our, our hub to a to-go only to try to sell off some of the precious food that we have here in our cooler, in our dry storage, a lot of it from local farms and purveyors that we really care about deeply and love. And we also want to make sure they're not forgotten in this conversation about restaurants. <clears throat> All of our seafood providers and our local farms and our cheese makers and our grain millers, everybody's coming to a halt. And we're all trying to navigate what's next. But for now, we're just doing our part to eliminate the food waste that could potentially happen here. For next week, we're not quite sure what the future holds. And so we're just taking it day by day, hour by hour. And we're trying to take the best care of our employees that we can. They are welcome to come inside and grab things that they need. We have a lot of resources here that we can offer to them for the time being. And we have a support network that we've set up with everyone's email address. So we have a way to all communicate. We have lots of toilet paper. <laughs> but yeah, we are also doing a lot of research on how to get tax cuts and emergency aid from the government for our business and for our employees. And so we can find some kind of fast track for them to collect unemployment until we're up and running again. If we're up and running again, we plan to be up and running again, but it's a very uncertain time. And as everyone has said, we're in uncharted waters, uncharted territory. We've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. My name is Alex Reich. I'm a mother, a chef, a restaurant owner with my husband of four restaurants that employ approximately, or up until a few days ago, employed approximately uh, 65 really amazing individuals. Um, we're living in a, in a very difficult time. It is for sure hard to know that the choices we're making now are absolutely the right choices. Uh, we are people who have always taken risk, uh, but it's certainly something that we've taken upon ourselves and we don't want to impose risk on other people. It's also hard to know if you're supporting people in the right way. Uh, it's very stressful to tell your employees um, that we think that the best way to support them is to send them links for unemployment so that they can qualify for the maximum benefits. I think as cooks, we're always trying to sort of cook our way out of crisis. Uh, we cook for charities. 
we cook when we're happy, we cook <laughs> when we're sad, sometimes we cook with rage, and um, right now we're not really allowed to do those things, at least not outside of our families. I have been making beautiful food for my family, and um, I don't make it as a salve, I make it because I need to, because my kids are home. But what I'm noticing is that I haven't done this for my children, and they're eight and 10 years old. I have been cooking for other people in exchange for approval, money, and community my whole life. And I have not done this for my beautiful little kids. And the way that they are appreciating it is quite remarkable the way they are tasting new things that they were opposed to tasting before is uh, really eye-opening. And it, what it's telling me is that uh, cooking together within your family or within your household is such an incredibly important thing. Uh, Eli, I hope you guys are well. I know that we are going to weather the storm. And I thank you for documenting um, all of this stuff. The last time I remember doing anything like this actually was when I was about 14 or 15 years old and we made a time capsule around my dinner table. And my dad told us to all put in a box what we thought we would be doing. And I said, I'm going to own a small restaurant or cafe. So here I am. I have four um, and they're empty. And it feels empty uh, to not have anything to do um, at this time uh, in those spaces. But I assure you that we are planning on coming back and uh, we're doing everything we can right now to prepare for that. Hello everybody out there. My name is Andy Holliday. I'm the chef and partner of Selden Standard Restaurant in Detroit. Um, quarantine at the moment in my at my home, at our home in Detroit, uh, with my my beautiful wife, my three-year-old daughter, and my my brother. And uh, yeah, we we just started our proper quarantine um, yesterday. We've been practicing our distancing for the last few days as we've been closing down the restaurant. Yeah, so it's uh, it's Thursday, March nineteenth. It was just about eight days ago uh, where we felt the immediate impact of this crisis. It was that Wednesday, last week Wednesday, where our business essentially was just kind of really cut in half on that first day. And, uh, you know, well, in less than a week, uh, just a couple of days, a few days ago on Monday, we we uh, we were forced to close our doors. Uh, and it's just crazy. It's just crazy to think how rapidly, how quickly this thing has moved and and how my my day to day, how my uh, my thinking on it's been, um, where I was, you know, early last week thinking, oh well, maybe we'll uh, we'll do some carry out and uh, change our business model to today, where where quarantine is is necessary. So yeah, my my business partner Evan and I, we're we're now faced with this this harsh reality of just laying off seventy five amazing people, you know, our bank account draining. And our life, life's work uh, come to an end uh, with, with no certainty that it'll ever come back. 
Um, you know, we've been, uh, Selden Sanders been open for about five years. You know, we opened in the middle of this, at the end of this bankruptcy in Detroit. Um, we've been really fortunate over the last five years to create this wonderful community with our staff, all of our farmers, vendors, all the patrons, um, every day, so many great regulars, um, people traveling all over the world have come and just kind of shared in what we do. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sad for all of them. I miss all of them and, you know, really, really concerned with, uh, potentially losing all that. And I know it's not healthy to, to go there, to, to think and dwell in the future and the, the what ifs or the worst case scenarios. Um, so I'm just trying to take it, uh, day by day, live in the moment, um, and try to remain positive. I hope everyone else out there can try to do the same. This is Dave Mancini from Sapino Pizzeria. I just shut the restaurant down today. We have a lot of employees that are members of multi-generational families living in their households, uh, great aunts, great uncles, grannies, grandfathers, and I didn't want many of my staff to have to do that mental calculus every day about whether they wanted to risk that. Uh, coming into work, uh, deciding that they were, you know, really needed to make the money and then putting their families at risk. And it it was a little too much for me to contemplate uh, as an owner and uh, somebody who cares for the guys that work for me. So I opted to shut down despite the fact that a lot of people said, you're a pizza shop, you're the kind of business that's amenable to more of, uh, you know, a carryout delivery model. Uh, Given the nature of things right now, I'd rather err on the side of caution. I myself have a young daughter, six-month-old, and my folks are uh, elderly, I would say, now. So uh, I have to just shut everything down and basically just take things a step at a time and hope that we can piece together a plan. I'm going to be able to make payroll for my last... uh, couple weeks here but uh, going forward it's going to be pretty touch and go and based on the um, assistance and things that uh, come from local and federal government to uh, piece together something that will allow me to continue uh, doing something with these guys so Governor Whitmer's initiative to essentially have forgiveness of the unemployment penalties for a business uh, allowed me to lay my guys off so that uh, they could claim unemployment and I let them know as much and we're acting on that. So that gave me some peace of mind that my guys will at least have some cash flow. Uh, I'm looking into bank loans where I could uh, potentially get a few couple dollars here and there to try to piece together uh, paying for insurance plans for the guys so they can continue on their insurance. But uh, right now it's just, uh, I'm glad I took up meditating about eight or nine months ago. Uh, It's helping me stay somewhat focused on taking care of what I can and letting the rest, uh, you know, deal with it as I need to. We're going to take a quick break. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. A cherry isn't just a cherry. 
When it comes to tart cherries, the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry variety is the cherry with more. They're available year-round, dried, frozen, canned, juice, and concentrate. U.S. Montmorency tart cherries are also one of America's superfruit, which means they're good for you. Tart cherries contain many antioxidants and beneficial phytonutrients, including anthocyanins, the pigments that give tart cherries their bright red color. And don't forget about flavor. U.S. Montmorency's unique sour-sweet profile make them an excellent addition to yogurt, oatmeal, salads, trail mix, and of course, a classic cherry pie. Learn more about the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry at choosecherries.com. Welcome back to The Line on Heritage Radio. I'm your host, Eli Sussman. On this week's episode, we're sharing stories directly from business owners and chefs from around the nation during the COVID-19 crisis. Back to their stories. Hello, my name is Hannah Jacobs. I own and operate Baby Dudes with my partner, Tolly. Uh, Baby Dudes is located in Crown Heights. It's a 19-seat cafe and coffee shop. Uh, we opened January 19th of 2000. Sorry, January 1st of 2019. We were just headed into our second year open as this uh, pandemic has hit, um, forcing us to close. Um, Some of the overwhelming feelings are disappointment and a little bit of uh, like all of the work and effort and time and heartache and sweat that we put into the last year is kind of in vain. Um, mostly just because, you know, having all of that momentum and feeling like a success and then kind of hitting this huge hiccup, um, that has, you know, really affected all of our communities, um, our employees, uh, you know, our families, even though, you know, my parents are in California, they're incredibly upset and sad that, you know, all of the things that Natalia and I have done this year, um, as a, at at a, you know, um, kind of like to the, to the detriment of, of other things that we might've been able to do in our personal lives have like, you know, kind of hit this, this wall in a way. Um, and additionally, it's just kind of disappointing that as a small business, we're forced to make this decision as opposed to, you know, our government deciding, hey, you know what, like, it's not safe for people to be outside and spending money in the ways that uh, small businesses require to stay open um, and that they will take care of us. But I understand that it's a really complex issue. And obviously, that's me thinking about myself. Um and my peers primarily. Um, I know there's a ton of folks that need services right now, Um, and it's just kind of uh, indicative of how broken our systems are. So, you know, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts and my feelings, Um, and I just hope everyone the best. All right, stay safe. All we want to do is try and help our staff survive this period. It's also really an uncertain and frustrating time because we just don't know what's next. We don't know when we'll get help. We don't know if we'll get help. And I know that sounds so drastic, 
but I guess it is. We're sitting here in a situation where we were mandated to close down because of this health issue. And yet the government isn't smart enough to really close places down, to fully close us down and keep people inside so we could be done with this and go back to work in a month from now, period. Instead, they'll just let us keep dragging this on and people that we're trying to do the right thing will suffer. And then you have the people that just don't seem to care. I tried to tell somebody that we work with, a vendor, that we won't be able to pay their service because we're going to be closed. And they didn't seem to be concerned that we were closed, only that we still needed to pay. So all these things become a never-ending frustration because we just don't know where to begin to check things off the box in order to move forward. Hopefully at some point we can, and I know that the places that do manage to reopen will have a very long uphill battle, but I believe they will probably operate smarter than ever. from Paper Plastic Cafe in LA. Uh, we're a family-owned neighborhood all-day cafe open seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. We'll be 10 this year in August if we make it there. We have spent the weekend in emergency meetings and today after Mayor Garcetti's ordinance last night that all restaurants move exclusively to take out or delivery. Um, we had to institute last-minute measures to cut hours. We cut about four of our staff today, which is 30%, and uh, tomorrow I've had to cut an additional two. Um, we have lost between 60 to 75% of our sales starting on Thursday. Uh, today has been the worst day yet. We are prepared to close in full, but the only reason we're staying open is for our staff. And yeah, we have literally, we tried to plan for the week, but we just have a day-to-day -day plan. We're going to see how dinner goes tonight if we get any takeout or delivery orders. Luckily, we made it through the day-to-day -day because we had one really big lunch order of 40 items. The only reason we made it through today is that one order. Uh, we'll see how tomorrow and Wednesday go. We have a short-term plan in effect to try to remain open for takeout or delivery all day. Um, but everybody's under directives to keep cutting back hours if, if we're just losing money in those hours. I had conversations with everybody today about UI and unemployment insurance benefits. Um, my back-of-house cooks were completely unfamiliar with the process. They'd never filed unemployment before, and they didn't really believe it. They said that their, at their other jobs, their employers hadn't agreed to pay unemployment insurance, um, so they don't even have the information about what they're eligible for. Um, I printed out over 100 pages of, of unemployment information in English and Spanish to pass out to them, both FAQs and literally just the website, the unemployment benefits website, so that they had all the information if for whatever reason they couldn't access it on the web. Um, 
I was frightened to communicate any of this to them, but they were just so generous with me um, because I was terrified. I was terrified that they would lose their faith in us if we told them that we were cutting hours. Um, but instead they were all just comforting me and telling me that they understood and that it will all be okay. <laughs> they are comforting me. This is Eli again. Restaurants, bars, and cafes are a community anchor. They can be safety for people who have no other family. They are work for those who other industries will not hire, people who are formerly incarcerated, marginalized, undocumented. They are a place for the dream chasers, the students, the artists, a place to fit in and feel worth when they may have never felt that before. Please realize that this virus has with unprecedented speed and efficiency locked millions of restaurant doors and drained millions of bank accounts instantaneously. It has hit the hospitality industry the hardest, no question, leaving a path of destruction unlike any natural disaster we've ever seen. And while the government debates another corporate bailout, countless small business owners faced with losing everything they've built have jumped into action to provide food to the needy, medicine and goods distribution centers for the insecure, and crowdfunded to provide any amount of financial safety for their employees for as long as possible. But no amount of gift cards, GoFundMes, or takeout orders will be enough. We need government assistance, and we need it right now. Not to save my restaurant or to save any one specific business, but to save millions of people's lives and millions of businesses that are now in peril. They urgently need to help pay their bills, buy food and medicine, and provide for their own families. The instant this episode ends, please pick up your phone and call 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121 which is the U.S. Capitol switchboard, and ask to speak to your representative. Demand that the hospitality industry is part of the emergency federal stimulus plan. We'll be back next week with more stories. I'm Eli Sussman for Heritage Radio Network. For more resources and up-to-date information, go to heritageradionetwork.org forward slash COVID-19, where we have resources and a running list of all of our COVID-19 coverage. Special thanks to Dylan Hoyer for producing this episode and, of course, those that shared their stories. If you want to share your story about your business or your experience during this crisis, please email me a voice memo to theline at heritageradionetwork.org. The Line is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners just like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.